I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In this podcast, I talk about Middlesbrough's win against Nottingham Forest. I talk about the defeat against Sheffield United, along with my thoughts about Grant Ledbetter. I also talk about Bristol City and the tactics that could be played on Saturday, along with lineups and the all-important score prediction. This is the Borough Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. Let's get right down to it. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, It feels great to be back um, and giving you consistent podcasts once again, even though I did miss the Chef United game, which just gone. Um, Like I said, my last podcast, I was in London for a few days um, with my partner and we had a a really good time. She bought loads and I am now skint as well. So yeah, it's good to be back and actually recording these. (laughs) A lot has happened in sport in general within this last week. Um, I'll definitely want to stick to the football rather than the UFC and obviously you know what happened with Khabib and McGregor and then there's obviously Triple G fight being cancelled and then anyway let's stick to the football um, because it's been absolutely amazing this week by the way it just shows if I don't know how people hate football like the City Liverpool game Roma beating Barca coming back um, and just Knocking pass on that was incredible. Juventus nearly beating uh, Real Madrid on aggregate. It was so unfortunate, and I felt so sorry for Buffon um, to get knocked out once again and actually not win the Champions League. But that's football. Crazy old game. I just don't understand how people can hate it unless something unless your team's getting beat and bottom of the league every week. Probably like Sunderland fans. But anyway, um, let's talk Borough um, because a lot happened since well over these last two games, um, which I've been wanting to break down all week for you guys. Um, so let's kick things off with Nottingham Forest. The victory on Saturday, of course. Um, well... <sighs> We won 2-0, that's probably a, a, the only positive I could probably take from the game. Um, I thought this, I thought first half we were very, very good um, in, in 
in the uh, in the Forest game. We were very direct, which we expected. Forest we get set players, capitalised on them both scoring two. Um, well, very much from set players. We obviously with uh, even though Ayala's was an absolute thunderbolt top bins. Yeah, it was from set play though, but. After those two goals, we we sat back and we just allowed Forrest to play. Now, one of my, one of my friends from this bizarre start, I think, in the second half, a good about sixty, it was like sixty something percent that Millsborough had eight men behind the ball um, at times against Forrest. And when you're at home, you think, well, is is that really acceptable? But Forrest had a lot of the ball second half, which we expected. You expected Millsborough to sit back because, well. Forest have to come out and try and get something. We allowed we allowed them to do that. We allowed them to have possession of the ball, and we try and break them on the counter attack. And in the end, we could we could have had probably three or four if if, if Brits uh, scored the two chances at the end. A friend in the first half, um, we got knocked off the line. It could have been three, four, five, um, because it seemed that like Forest were just never going to score in a, in a month of Sunders. It was just if this felt like. They are, I think Forest in general are about three to four players away just from competing near the top. And I'm sure Karank will get it right at Forest if he's given time. Um, I know there's been a lot of frustrations at the city ground since the Middlesbrough defeat, but I think I was the right man for Nottingham Forest. As for Middlesbrough, you know, I expected more from the performance, but at the end of the day, it was three points on the board, and that's exactly what we need um, if we're looking to hit the playoffs this season. So I obviously scrapped that now. Forrest went and we go to, we go to Sheffield United on the Tuesday night. Now, of course, Sheffield United just was the start of the big games that we have. Of course, with Derby, Bristol City on Saturday, which I'll break down in, in a moment. We've got Millwall, of course. Um, so we've got all the big teams. We've got all the teams to play around us. Um, and I, I was really optimistic on Tuesday night. Uh, when I was coming back from London, I thought, you know what, if we get, I would take a point from the night. Um, it would be a tough place to go against a, a direct rival, I'd take a point. After about 20 minutes in, I just, you know, I was just sick. Um, I just thought the game was done, game over, just pack our bags and go home, back to Teesside. Um, yeah, it was, it was a funny one for me, it was a really funny one. Um, when you go down inside two minutes, like we did, that's very difficult. But sometimes when you take a lead very early on in games, a game can flip on its head and you can really grow into the game and and get a, a good result. And then about five, ten minutes, about 20 minutes later, lead bit gets sent off and you just think, well, uh, well, that's, that's out the window, isn't it? Especially if, when they scored the second goal as well. So it was kind of game over before half time. And I looked at my Twitter feed and I just seen every single Borough fan going, well, typical Borough, typical Borough, we're useless. And, you know, if I'm quite honest, um, we haven't been great this season at all. It's been quite flat all season. I've never really felt excited to watch Millsborough play this season. It's been more of like a habit. And... We just have never hit form. I feel like we've never got out of second or third gear and it's just not really got going for us. Um, but yet we're still in touching distance of the playoffs and getting promoted. 
which just shows either how bad this league is or how competitive it is. Not over yet. We've got a huge opportunity against the teams around us, and if we get the results and they go that way, we can go into the playoffs with momentum and really challenge for a position in the in the Premier League next season. But before I move on um, to to the Bristol City game, I want to talk about a, a factor which I've picked up on. Not just this season, over the, the couple of years as well, but in the Sheffield United game, a lot of fans started to, to say it as well. And it's just about Grant Ledbetter um, in general. You know, he's magic, of course, you know. But I think Grant has is has lost his legs pretty much um, on, on the pitch. He's a, a little, he's a, if I feel like he's a yard behind the pace now, he's all like half a yard off. Um, the pace, just that's just it's it's my opinion. I thought that the season we went up, that should have been Ledbetter's. You know, that was that was Ledbetter's year. That should have been the year where he he was the, the main player. But when we were in the Premier League, he should fade out. He should really fade out and just you know either leave the club or become more of a a dressing room type player have the experience for the younger guys that are going to come through. Um, and I thought that's how it would work, but then even last season and in this this season, Ledbetter is still in that starting eleven, and he's still captain fantastic, and he's been helped a lot with the tip, with the players around him, and that's all disrespect to him, and he's a, he's a lot better football than me, and I hugely respect Grant Ledbetter. I just think now... His, his, his times like not came up, not done. He's not finished, but he should become more of like a bit part player rather than a a starter every week. That's how I kind of see it. But if I was a player in that team, I would be wanting to push Grant out. In terms of if I was either a Clayton, I was sat on the bench and I'm in my prime of my career. I'm getting to that age where I'm, I'm in my prime, and then it's like a 33, 34 year old playing ahead of me. Um, okay, you can't buy experience, but that that would be eating me alive a little bit that I'm not getting played. So you have to kind of question the players around them. Are they not good enough, or are they not bothered, or what does the manager see? Or on the training ground, of course, we don't we don't see any of that. But if I was either Clayton or Bezic or Housen, I'd be chomping at the manager just to get me on the pitch and try and overtake Granite because I don't, I don't think he was actually meant to start much this season but he's came through again and that is a huge credit to him by the way I think it's a huge huge credit to Grant Ledbetter to to keep that same standard and to keep playing every week and to still being a leader on the pitch that's a huge credit to him but in my opinion I just think he's starting to fade off a little bit now um, and it you need the players to kind of stand up and say you know what Grant's great, but if you're wanting to play in this team, you're gonna to have to beat him. You're gonna to have to not. You're gonna to have to get. You got basically do it on merit and stay in the team. Um, but you know, shout out to Grant. I know he's he's <laughs> I kind of slated him a little bit, but he is still captain fantastic. Um, and he's a great player for us. But he should be fading out now, and the players should be, you know, 
overtaking him now. If I, all three of them are in the prime of the careers, and he's still getting a game over one of them, so that's it. Should be questions asked of, of the midfield, but you know he's suspended for this game. Um, I think obviously, well, one of the guys are going to come in and play in that four three three system. So it'll be interesting to see how they play. I think Clayton will sit Bezic and obviously Helson will pull the strings in midfield. So, with that said, let's move on to Bristol City. Um, this is, a again, a massive, massive game. You know, Bristol City have such a big point to prove, and as do we, to be considered in the, the playoffs this season. It was only a few weeks ago that Bristol City were flying high in the Championship. People were thinking, oh, I might have promotion. No one would see, well, quote-unquote, these guys are going to get promoted, quote and just their seasons faded out a bit. They just became really inconsistent. And it's something that everyone was kind of saying silently, you know, Bristol City will drop or Cardiff will drop. There's always two or three teams that blow it, and Derby, you can see, are always blow it anyway, so... But with Bristol City, they have to come to the Riverside and, you know, they're going to give it a really good go. They're going to give it a huge go and I think this can either go two ways, this whole, this, this whole game. They either absolutely spank us at home or we or we beat them. I don't think there'll be a draw in the game at all. I think it's going to be a very, very open contest. And this is how Bristol City play. Bristol City... Standard, the old-fashioned four-four fucking two formation. Um, to quote Mike Bassett and that, but they play the four-four-two very, very well. They're very fluid in mid midfield. The quick interchangeable passing. It's quite delightful to watch. It's very open and expansive style of football. They score a lot, a lot of goals and they try and keep possession of the ball. And it's quite nice. It's aesthetically pleasing to watch. Um, the Bristol City team play this season, especially for a neutral, because there's a lot of goals in there. If they score, they generally concede, which is thinking, well, that's Middlesbrough's opportunity. However, they are actually quite good at defending set players and attacking them as well. So Middlesbrough have to be on guard for that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really tough game regardless. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how Pulis sets up. I'd probably cry if he picked up another defender and went five at the back, like, but. It won't put me past Tony Pulis to do that. Um, but how do Middlesbrough combat this Bristol City team like many teams have this season? You know, they're obviously a team who scored just, on, I think they scored 59 goals this season. Um, and, you know, they keep the ball in the deck and they pass and move it, like I mentioned. But how do you combat Bristol City? How do you break them down? How do you, you know, get their weaknesses? You know, how do you pinpoint it? How do you you know, win the game. So, the way Bristol City play and that composed, not that composed, and the open style of play, passing and moving, passing and moving, trying to keep possession of the ball. When you're that open, the one thing that comes to mind is the counter-attack and how do you defend the counter-attack? And you, we can't really defend the counter-attack at times, but what Bristol City do well is they use their wing-backs to, to really push on, really push on, you know, you see with Joe Bryan, a left back, who is an exceptional talent, by the by the way. Um, you can probably play right. I think he's been playing right back the last couple of games. But Joe Bryan down, obviously the wing, Kelly in there as well. 
um, who who's, who's been playing left back too, and you've got right. Um, I, I, th- I think he may be injured, um, hence why he didn't play last week. But you know they use the wing backs to push on, and they'll try and create the two v one on the wing backs, which will make things very very difficult for whoever's playing uh, at, at the back for us. So if if Middlesbrough are very smart in how they play, they've got to try and use the extra man in midfield to break Bristol City down or to stop the ball going from going out wide because that's where they're going to try and hurt you. And with the, obviously the wing backs pushing up, try and soak up the pressure in the midfield and you know catch them on the break. It's, it's very, very simple. Um, simple f- tactic to use to actually do that. So that's obviously quite obvious um, in terms of that, and they'll probably try and pinpoint Traore as the, the main out, outlet. They'd be stupid not to. Um, but I expect Mills would play that 4-3-3 formation and try, to make, and try and make things difficult for them. Um, I think Patrick Bamford, bless him, I think he's going to have a tough game once again with Aidan Flint and, and Nathan Baker at the back. Um uh, sorry, I'll go back to the Nottingham Forest game. I thought Bamford played quite well in, in the lone striker role, uh, surprisingly against the the two large centre backs. Um, so Bamford's gonna probably not gonna have. He's not gonna win. You know, blunt bluntly, Bamford probably will not win a header all day against Aidan Flint and Nathan Baker. And if you boot the ball along him, there's absolutely not a chance that he's gonna do that. You actually will probably score ahead now. But if you're going to get to Bam, if we're going to get him on the counter attack, get the ball to feet, hold the ball, play it out wide, get them down the wings. That's how you're going to have to break them down. Set players, we're going to have to use that our advantage again. You know, we've got that long throw in where we flick it back and we aim for the middle. The set, the corner set piece as well, which is very similar. And um, we hit the back, hit it back post. You know, there's a variety of different ways where we can get them, but I think it's the one thing that Millsborough fans want to see on Saturday is just fighting determination. That's exactly what we want to see. And we want to make a statement on Saturday. I know they're probably becoming the Riverside and wanting to make one, so we have to make one as well. You know, if we win on Saturday, it just gives you confidence to go into the next game and be relentless and just... Get results, grind out results. That was that's what was great about was when we got promoted. That year we were just able to grind out results, and we haven't been able to do that away from home this year. Um, it's very much like we did only play for one half. We only got at we're only good at one half. So make if we're going to play good at for one half, make sure we're fucking winning. You know what I mean? It's just um, sorry my French for that, but it's just you've got to ensure that happens. Um, you've got to try and either win it in forty five or play well for me. <laughs> Play well for night, but easily saying that. Um, but enough being said about Bristol City. Let's go into like more of like the lineups. Um, as I look to try and round things up here, I do try and make my podcast a little bit short and concise, um, so I don't blab on for ages. Um, but let's go into lineups. Firstly, great to see Fabio back in the team. Prefer Fabio a friend every day of the week. Um, just personal preference, like I've always mentioned it. Um, I think he'll start. I think he'll start. I think he'll actually start. Yeah. I, if I'm honest, he could probably take Shotton's place at right back. If I'm honest, or alternatively, he may be put ahead of friend. Um, 
But I think Randolph will start in goal. I, I think Shot will be right back. Same back four as always, Gibson, Ayala and Friend. Um, on the three midfield of Housen, Clayton in the middle and Bezic um, on, on the left. And then, of course, you've got the three up front of Downing, Bamford and down Bamford and Traoré, sorry. However, this would be my lineup um, if I was to to pick the team on on Saturday. And of course, as always, I want you guys to to pick your 11s and tag me on on Twitter or tag the uh, Everything MFC page and tell us what who you'd play. But for me, it would definitely be four three three if I was playing with that same team. You know. I, if you listen to these podcasts, you know I'm a big believer in three at the back. But um, I think if we play 4-3-3 four, four, three, three formation, Randolph and goal as always. Shotton would probably be right back. Still hated that Christie got sold. Because I'd play Christie over Shotton. But anyway, Shotton, Myel um, Gibson, Fabio left back. Personal preference, prefer him. Three in midfield, just let Clayton sit. Don't let him go up past the halfway line. Just let him sit, be the crab that he is, and leave him there. Two midfield, of of course, uh, the two more of Housen and Bezic. Let them kick on. Let them press the the midfield and get them off, hurry them off the ball. You know, win that second ball. Get confidence. Push the ball up to the, the strikers. Then I think on the right. Uh, I would play Traore. He, he is tired, but there's you just can't drop him at the minute. I think the way he's playing on the left, um, it's a big call this, and I don't know how people will react to it. But I'll probably give Harrison a chance on the left. We haven't seen much of him. You know, he's that tricky winger that we kind of want. No disrespect to Downing. Downing's been great the last few weeks, but you know he's been probably one of our brighter players this season, but. I would like to give Harrison a go on the wing. You know, try a bit of pace on there. You know, pace wins your games, especially in the Premier League. You know, pace and abundance, that's how you win football matches. And then, of course, do I play Bamford or do I play Asambalonga? I would play, you know, I would play Asambalonga, and here's why. If we're going to revert to hitting the ball long, a Sombalonga is a bigger unit to hold, win the header, chest it down, lay it off. Mm. I think he just has that, that better physical attributes than, than Bamford does. Don't get me wrong, Bamford's been brilliant the last few games. He's been in tremendous form. You shouldn't really drop him, but I can't um. <laughs> And uh, I'd play a Sombalonga up front, of course, in the, in the 4 3 3. And I feel like he just give Flint and Baker a, a harder time than what Bamford will. But I think Bamford will start. You know, he has a right to since he's been unformally. But we did play better with a somber longer up the pitch the other night. So, who knows? Anyway, score predictions. I'll wrap this up. The all-important score prediction. Um, I, I'm probably going to say there's going to be goals. Definitely a few goals in this game. I'm going to go for, no, since we can't keep a clean sheet, I'm going to go Middlesbrough 3, Bristol City 1. 
one or two. I'm gonna no three one three one. I said it. Where am I go? Goal scorers. I'm gonna say Bamford, probably, because uh, he'd be he'd probably be the one starting over Brit. Ayala maybe I don't know because Ayala's probably our second top scorer you know, top, second or third top scorer I think he's our top scorer in the Pulis so I'd like to see that stat either Bamford or Ayala's either our top scorer that's that's saying something really isn't it if Ayala's becoming our top scorer um, I think Ayala might score and then Darren Randall no, um, I think you know what, maybe Triori. I think Triori he's been in quite a last couple of games, so he'd be looking to respond. So yeah, he'd be their goal. Uh, there would be our three goals. And then for them, I'm probably he's gonna say De Hedio, is that how you say it? Or Pat or Patterson or Bobby Reed. One of those three I'll probably bang one in for them. I remember Joel Bryan's goal a few a couple of seasons ago when they beat us here at Riverside and that was incredible. But I think Mills will win three one. Hopefully we can kick on as well and get confidence once again and try and get in this playoffs, playoff spots. Um, so I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, thank you as always for listening. Um, I will be back for the next game, of course, and I am still working on getting a few guests on. I have got a couple lined up. Just it's just been dates that's been an issue, so I'm gonna keep that under wraps until. I get them confirmed. So anyway, this is the Borough Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.